0: Happy Friday, You'll Hear It listeners. This is Caleb Kirby, and we got a special episode of You'll Hear It today, so stick around.
1: Okie dokie. So on this Friday, we're actually going to highlight our sister podcast, which is Upright Citizens featuring Bob DeBoo and Ruben Rogers. They have an amazing episode that came out in May
0: that was interviewing the legendary drummer Eric Harland. And I would love for you all to hear it. And maybe you can tune into their podcast as well. So without further ado, here you go. edition of Upright Citizens Everything Base Centric yes. at least a one stop for Everything Base Centric. Hello. Uh what's up, Bob? How you doing over there? Hey, what's Nicole? up, Ruben? Doing great. Great to yeah, see you. And this is Ruben Rogers speaking. And uh today we have a very, 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 very is that you very, very special guest. Um what could I say? I mean, he's one of my best friends. You know, he's a, a, a beautiful soul in this music, in this world. Uh, Brother. I mean, yeah, there you go. We are brothers. There we go. There we go. But let me finish the accolades. Are we just friends? True, true.
1: That's not have. Are we just friends?
0: <laughs> true, true. <That's laughs> we just friends? <laughs> let me finish mm. my introduction. <clears throat> okay, cool, cool. I love that this is getting worked out in the podcast. You gotta, y'all got to sort this out. <laughs> All right, cool. cool. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I won't take offense. Here, here we go. Accolades, I mean, uh, there's not even accolades, accolades. There's not enough accolades I can give this 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 brother. I mean, you know, we've been playing together for you know, the past twenty five ish years. Actually, maybe like twenty three because last two years little asterisk. Anyway um i mean he's he's a master uh, in time of our time of our time so um anyway enough of that that. i mean one thing i want to say i don't like to 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 say oh he's played with such and such and such i i've stopped doing that now bob you know why because i realize people should be judged by the body of their work you know and (laughs) and and the people that we uh you know, Revere have large bodies of work. And usually, the, you know, when you say you've played with the Betty Carters or the Charles Lloyds or the Kenny Garrison, that's just a blip on their radar. When you have, you know, artists like this man here, uh, you know, his body of work speaks for itself. Just Google his name and you'll see what I'm talking about. Here we are. Mm. The great Eric Harland, everyone.
2: Thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate your time and uh, I know that you and Ruben have spent as Ruben was just sharing y'all y'all go way back and have spent a lot of time on and off the stage together and I am just so excited that that y'all are here together to talk about uh you know talk about stuff talk about some music hopefully some bass centric type of things but uh um, yeah obviously y'all have done a lot of recording together a lot of stuff on the stage and just to catch people up of course Ruben is saying um you know a, a real quick Google search will show like a long 10-page thing of everything that y'all, that you've done. But I just wanted to just to highlight some of the things that, that you and Ruben have done together mm. uh, really quick, too. Y'all recorded recently with uh, some some recent records with Lionel Dueke, like Close Your Eyes, from 2018. Some really big, important recordings uh, to me and to a lot of my peers as well, especially like Walter Smith III's. Casu- casually Introducing. That record flipped my mind around like crazy when I heard that. Um, and a bunch of the Aaron Goldberg Trio recordings too. So just got to start off by saying I'm a huge fan uh, of, of your, your work and y'all's work together. So this is very, very cool for me personally. So thank you. Um, so y'all have been playing together over the years in many amazing groups. Um, and uh, y'all have a vibe together and an interaction that just supports each other really beautifully. Uh, Eric, can you share like what it's like playing together? What it's like playing with Ruben? or what it is about uh, each other's, y'all's musicality that you think puts you guys in these situations where you work so much together, mm-hmm. where you get called upon to play together?
1: Hey, man, look, I, I can put it in, in a bunch of different ways, right? Uh, first of all, in layman's term, Ruben is just warm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, he just knows where you are. And I, you know, I love that. Like, I'm like, ooh, you feel like you can just hug Ruben. Like, yeah. <laughs> He just, he's just so lush, you know, like he just, you know, he's in you and you're like, oh my goodness, thank you, you know, but in the, you know, for bass players out there that don't understand that you, first of all, you got to live some life to get to that aspect of yourself. Uh, the technicality of Ruman is that one, he's visually, uh, okay, one, he's visually looking, I, I, I'll separate these terms. He's always observative of everything that's going on on the stage. Like, you know, it, it's hard-pressed to find bass players that are looking at you while you're playing. That means that they're completely visually observing at the the physical mechanics. I, I try to t- teach this to drummers all the time. I was like, yo, everything is muscle memory. So it doesn't really matter how soulful Ruben is or how he feels he still checks in. It's like, okay, what are you going to do today? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that today might be a different day, and if your arms or your limbs and it's in a different spot, because I, you know, I've seen him play with me, but I've also seen him play with Greg Hutchison. I've seen him play with various other drummers, and I've, I've always been curious. I was like, man, this dude—not curious. Well, I am curious, but <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm trying to find the best way to say this. I've observed. There you go. The way that he's visually um attentive mm-hmm. to what's happening on the stage. And I feel like that changes the whole scope. Mm-hmm. It's because it, it what it does, it, it allows everybody to feel like they're engaged in the moment. And then it's not so much about being engaged into the chart. Like the chart is this thing, and you're gonna make some mistakes. You're gonna be like uh you're gonna nail some hits, you're gonna miss some hits or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're engaged as a band, mm. that's probably the one of the most beautiful things I love about Rubin. Like he just mm. he's like, bruh. Wow. Where y'all at?
0: There you go. Wow. <laughs>
1: and so the music begins to breathe because we are now a fellowship. We're now a community. Mm. All right, so that's one thing. Uh-oh. Uh Uh mm. the next thing is his attention to detail. So I mean Ruben won't talk about this because you know it's it, it gets exhausting. <laughs> but you know, you know attention to detail, man. It's like, yo, he can tell when cats, you know, okay, tempo is 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 either in the pocket, it's not in the pocket, or it's like, you know, you know tonality is maybe not there and you know Ruben has a way of being like, mm. and I feel that. Because I know what that means. It's like he's like, okay, I'll let this slide, because <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know. You're like, I know, but it's cool, you know. All right, kill him. All right, uh, yeah. All right, let's just play this out. And so I feel like that for me over the years have been, has been the treasure of playing with somebody like Ruben Rogers. You know like, what's so it, funny?
0: What he's saying. Was, Mm. That's the. I think that's the. That's the hilarious. We've never talked about this, but I think that's the biggest uh, uh, thing about about your plan E is that uh, you're 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 forgiving. You're forgiving. I mean, like you you know how to just uh, it brushes you know w- especially when something goes kind of like eh you know how to just brush it off. Oh, you don't. I mean, even if it's something and you don't even it does it's like that eh, or you could turn uh, a, uh. a bad situation into a good one like with, with mm. in a in a in a split second i think that's what also separates you and that's why you know people gravitate towards your playing uh and i mean hopefully that's that's the one thing hopefully our listeners you know especially bass players drummers whatever can take from that having that 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 attitude of of, of service to the music on a whole Um, you know. Okay, you know, but go ahead. No, I was
1: gonna say, man. Me and me and Joshua Redman have talked about this, and Uh and Josh said it best, man. He was like, "Yo, Ruben brings such a spiritual presence Mm. to the Mm. bandstand," and Mm. and it's you know, it's not about like you know, oh my god, it's it's just he loves everybody that's on the stage and he respects everyone that's on the stage and that's is something that you don't meet in everyone because a lot of people have judgments and Ruben has his judgment but he's like look man we gotta you know for this to transmit we have to be together Mm -hmm. you know and that's why he's he's such a romantic like he's such a <laughs> you know, he's a charismatic cat, man. You know, come on, man. You know, don't run from don't run you know, from, well, run hey, from you yourself, know this bro. is an
0: interview. This is supposed to be an Eric Carl interview. Let's get back on you, though.
1: <laughs> no, man, but to interview me, Is to interview you, my brother, ooh, because that's the ooh, that warms my, my heart. Yeah. That
0: warms my heart. That's that uh. that's, a, that's <laughs> a high. That's a high. That's a high thing. You got maybe, man. you know, give me a little little teary eyed here and stuff. Uh. But no. No, but serious, but you know, you know those superlatives okay. I just I just said. Though no. I mean I, I could do okay. some more about you about your your. But also I think the biggest thing that I learned from you is your fearlessness. You are one of mm-hmm. the most fearless musicians, people that I know. You know what I mean. But you you taught me that twenty three years ago, twenty five years ago. You know what I mean. Wow. I didn't realize okay. it until like as t- till years you know went on okay you know what i mean that like oh damn you know because you're like ah this is this the way i play this out way i feel in the moment eh, accept it or not you'll you, you be cool with it no problem no problem and i didn't have that early on i didn't have that early on at all i was like i, I gotta roll i gotta make sure i do it you know and then it was like oh well i could yeah, i can have some of that too i guess i mean it it, 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 it happened unconsciously you know what i mean uh, but I think it's, it's direct from just playing with you a lot. You know, others too, but probably because we, we played so much. So I have to say thank you for that. You know what I mean? I know this is the first time you ever heard that, right? <laughs> but that's first one of the superlatives. Ever? I, uh, that's the. But that's one of the superlatives, I think, or one of the, the assets okay. that... that that you bring, that's why hmm. everybody wants you on their project because of that fearlessness and the confidence you bring in in that fearlessness, fearlessness, which I think it takes a quite a quite a while for a lot of musicians to get to. You know what I mean? And and you know you you you, you were able to really uh get to that early on in your in your development. I think in your career, I should say. You know, um, yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow! Wow! See. Again, Ruben (laughs) Riley, he leaves you
1: speechless, you know what I mean? Like, he says something, you're like,
0: ah. Yeah, it's uh, the truth, though. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. What else you got for him, Bob? Let's let's, let's get you back in on
2: this. (laughs) You know what? I'm here to listen to y'all talk, because I I know y'all go way back, and I want to hear what's going on. Nobody wants to hear me Mm -hmm. talk. But what I just heard was beautiful as far as, like, being in the moment, being fearless. That's things that, you know, Ruben and I have discussed before quite a a number of times, and I totally hear that when I hear Mm y'all playing. So that's a beautiful thing to put into words. And my next question I was going to piggyback off was, was going to say, if you could choose three words to describe each other, what would it be? And I already <laughs> yeah, heard some we, su- we superlatives. <laughs> we'll, we'll take notes. We'll put some cliff notes at the end here. But um, yeah, I mean, do y'all, do y'all, when y'all are, say, like touring or hanging out, do y'all, do y'all have much conversations musically? Do you talk about? playing music like what what is <laughs> y'all listen to music together you guys hang on the road like y'all oh, yeah. are obviously friends y'all are yeah, brothers yeah. so well I oh, guess that's man. the
0: funny thing we we <laughs> there's so much life stuff going on we rarely talk about music <laughs> <laughs> we rarely okay right, right exactly well because that's what goes the, the stuff that we talk about you know that you know <clears throat> might be a little right here uh you know it's what goes into uh, the music okay
1: that's what i was saying are we, are we <laughs> still uh, are we G?
0: <laughs> okay yeah, yeah you know i mean okay, but okay, also okay. But the NC-17. Also that, you know oh, because time. we've gone through so many ups and downs <laughs> in our lives and seen each other's through through relationships and me a divorce yeah. too, uh, and kids and all of it you know it's it's like <laughs> it's a yeah. lot that goes into the music you know because you say Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. As 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 we've as we've talked before, it's like, you know, what what if you that the life stuff that happens off the bandstand seeps into the music. You know what I mean? And when you're mm-hmm. able to share it with people on a high level on a consistent basis, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that mm-hmm. the the music is going to be elevated. You know. Um. You know. We're just fortunate that we're able to do that. You know. And I, We just. You know. Whatever connections you can make, you know, out here. You know. This advice whatever you, connections you can make musically personally with the people that you love you love to play in, nurture those relationships we say that all the time here on upright citizens nurture those yeah. relationships hello <clears throat> anyway <laughs> moving on yo uh, you've worked <laughs> with many legends obviously you know the greats you know from the betty cars as i said before betty cars to the charles lloyds to the to the mccoy tanners to bobby hutchinson's to to the chris potter's to the i mean dave Pilets. whatever well yeah, what what is the common trend that made them who they are, you think? Being that you've been able to be in the presence musically, personally or whatever, uh, is there a common thread that kinda is like, you know what, this you know, of course all of them are individuals, but is there a common thread that kinda says, mm-hmm. you know what? These few traits
1: Okay. Well first of all yeah. I mean Dave Holland, he played with Miles Davis. So right. Because right. oh. really what I'm trying to say is that Miles was such a genius mm. that he allowed, the, I, I hate to even use the word allowed, but um, he presented an atmosphere where the those that played with him could continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. And evolution is, is is what we call, in a way, like you can call it practicing, right? It's just practice, practicing is pretty much a lesser term of continuing. You know, it's like be in the continuum. Like just continue to be, continue to do, and check things out and see what shows up. That's pretty much what practice is. It's just now that it's a curriculum in school, uh, it it has this really like, you know, you know, it's it's like a cat with a heavy backpack and just walking around like uh I got to do this today. I got to do this today. And that's it. it we're trying to change what that really means. Because what it really means is to allow yourself to be in situations that are uncomfortable. Because those those are the situations that allow you to grow. No doubt. And uh it, it me yeah, me and Ruben both can attest from this and I'm sure anybody who's listening can attest from this as well. Um so when I think about somebody like Dave Holland, I feel like that was something that was accessible and allowed. Like, he was like, I'm just... Miles was just like, yeah, man, just whatever you got today. I mean, can you imagine that? Hey, bro, come on, bro. Can you imagine when we was playing Trio with Josh and Josh was was pulling up them tunes, he was like, yeah, man, whatever you got today, just just... just <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> can you just... Can okay, you just go for it? Right. And you're like, ooh. Like, <laughs> man, you have no idea the level of traffic I had to go through today. And right. Right. Mm. I would like to express this on the bandstand. Mm. and um, mm. But so that was a treasure that Miles, I feel, gave to everybody he came in contact with. You know, okay, case in point, you know, maybe not... Okay, I'm not going to say any more about that because just... Watch the miles.
0: I mean, I, I mean, it, uh, Chris Pratt. Pot- okay. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's
1: more about you know, you know, everybody has. I was the yin and yang of who they are mm-hmm. as uh, as as deities as entities that exist on this planet, mm-hmm. and that was one of Miles' things. Like there are a lot of things Miles did that just wasn't cool, and and I've experienced that with Dave. Like I, I've seen the influence of how Miles really allowed him to be free. This is why I honestly, I mean, you know, you pretty much would have to ask Dave personally, but I feel like you know, the Conference of the Birds when Dave, man, that was a really great album where Dave really played free. And then also Dave playing with Sam Rivers. I mean, these were things that came long before Dave even introduced the quintet. Or even before the quintet, when he played the quartet with Kevin Eubanks and uh, Marvin Smitty-Smith and uh, um, you know my man uh, Steve Colvin on Alto mm-hmm. Sachs and uh, you know Steve was all into Embase and all this different information so you can consistently see that Dave was searching mm-hmm. and but the thing is who allowed him to search mm-hmm. and I mean not even allowed because allowed just sounds like somebody was in position over you, and they were like, okay, now you can search. It was more like who introduced searching to him? Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. and so I feel like the the legends of our time have allowed all of us the position to be able to search. So I think I feel like Chris Potter is who he is, is because you know he played with Red Rodney, he played with Stilly Dan. Like he he was able to be in pretty much these concrete popular bands but then he also played with Dave and then he also went through his own personal things and it, it, it we all meet up mm-hmm. Joshua Redmond his father is Dewey Redmond mm-hmm. I mean you know yeah. you can't deny the legacy of the things that have be, have come before us right mm-hmm. because to deny the legacy of the things that have come before us is to deny who we are mm-hmm. who know, we are right now is yeah it's it's just you know it's because of that, you know. Like, and and so I look at, yeah, I don't. Know. I I look at young kids today, and and they're wondering maybe why they are not. And and I'm like, it's it's not a question why you're not. It's a question of who are you in this moment, and what are you listening to, and what is being given to you, and, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe it's more of our responsibility to. I guess in doctrine, in doctrine. I mean, that's more of like a biblical term, like mm-hmm. in doctrine, in such a way to help them to understand. But then I'm, I'm also curious to what they're going to come up with. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's something too. And I got a chance to live with Betty Carter, and you know, we would sit on the stairs, and a lot of times she just wouldn't say anything. Like a lot of times she would be opinionated forever but sometimes she wouldn't say nothing it was just more about what are you going to come up with you know who are you going to be today Mm -hmm. because if I give everything to you then you will not be anything Mm -hmm. it's more about you discovering yourself and you discovering what's important to you and playing from that standpoint it's like what Ruben said before Mm -hmm. it's like you're pretty much playing from your experiences, so if you don't have any experience, what are you playing? No doubt.
2: No mm. doubt. Yeah. 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 Not just musically, but in life as well. Indeed. But everything you're bringing as a whole. Yeah, man.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Come on. Man. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now is that as far as like that? That was, you know, that that's beautiful to hear. Do you think that that's um, you you're also a band leader, on your own with uh yeah. You've released your own records, and you have the Messiah Complex band. Is that a is that a is that that a similar? Do you take do you try to embody that same type of uh, leadership, or or that same what you just described? Do you you must carry that with you when you're trying to when you're a band leader when you're leading a band? I
1: I lead by following. I don't consider myself a leader. I just oh come on. I want to I want to understand more. Like people see me, and it's like things are happening. What? But it's be, yeah. it's because I'm listening and I, I my, and, 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 and you know, look, I'm not going to die. Uh, you know, Ruben has been one of my greatest teachers. Because one, Ruben taught me how to listen. I didn't know how to listen before. Like, I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, mm-hmm. I know. Like, why y'all ain't checking this out? Like, you know, hands going. And Ruben was like, man, nah, man, people got something to say. And uh, you have to embrace what what it is that they have to say, and that'll give you something more.
0: Hmm.
1: And I know he never told me that, but I felt that in every note that he was playing.
0: Well, and I, I was like, dude. Well, I'll tell you something. Okay, okay. I'm go a, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a, I'm a toot your horn, your horn again. You know, this <laughs> is great that how we able to, you gotta give people flowers while they live, right? Ah! Right? I think, right. I mean, I was tell, yes. I, you know, I wrote in okay. our notes here that, I mean, I think you are like a Pied Piper on the drums, the way you lead a band. You know what I'm saying I think the best band leaders are like Pied Pipers like you know but you do it in a subtle way you do it in a way you and you I think the 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 uh, especially when you' lead in the drums from sorry when you lead in the band from the drums you got it's a fine line yeah. of, of, of 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 turning in turning up the juice and pulling it back turn up the juice pull it back you know what I mean because it's such a powerful instrument it's such a, a, a instrument of presence and I think the best The best leaders, especially from the drummers, know how to do it, you know, pull it, lead from the drums in a certain kind of way that make the musicians feel like they're like they're on your every like snare drum Mm. hit, snare hit. Hi hat hit symbol whatever, and you've you know whatever you realize or not. I mean you have you know you always put together. I mean you know you have the a long running band, but obviously you have other as he said Messiah Complex and other things happening. But whenever you lead a band, Boy, it's it's like you're like a pied piper. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and I think everyone appreciates that. I know you getting you should you should have some momentum with the band hey, because of that, right? Um, but uh, I tell you, I have a question for you though, the bass centric, okay, question for you. And this is since it's a bass centric podcast, if you could just break it down in so many words, what are some of the elements of a bassist uh, that really speak to you? What musical aesthetic, you know, whether it be the mandatory things, first of all, and maybe the not so obvious things, the mysterious things that Hmm. may happen that 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 from your standpoint that you look for in a bass player. So that just for just for just for the youngsters that you can imagine that that you know, if you could just break it down in simple terms.
1: <clears throat> uh, well, first of all, that you know the tune, <laughs> right. or mm-hmm. or even if you don't know the tune, you're malleable enough mm-hmm. uh, to admit that you know, basically that your pride doesn't get in the way that you don't know the tune. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's pretty much an honesty on the bandstand because then it allows everyone else to be honest. Um, it's like, I I feel like when an artist or when a bassist gets on the bandstand and they're like, all right, I know what I'm doing. It doesn't matter about anybody else. I feel like the music is already shut off. I feel like everything is done. The gig is over. Mm -hmm. Now you're just collecting a check. Like there's no chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, and the great bassists, as in Ruben Rogers that I play with, it's like no matter what, the envelope is open. It's like you know what, I don't know how much money is in here, but grab what you need so that we can be a community and so that we can play and everybody can be cool. Mm-hmm. And that always make the stage made the stage feel great. Now you know, off the stage, you know we have our complaints or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. But it's it's You know what I look for It's not even what I look for It's the things like I guess what I'm trying to get to Is the things that I've enjoyed about The greatest bass players that i played with Is that one They were an open envelope To whatever was Potentially That had the potential To happen on stage But that comes with I, I feel like you can only get there if you have some level of confidence within the music or some level of confidence or a major level of confidence within yourself. Because if you have confidence within yourself, even if you're making a mistake, it really doesn't matter because you know how to connect with the rhythmic or the, the harmonic atmosphere that's happening within the music that's given to you. Because, look, we can all be honest. We don't have a lifetime to rehearse. We're not a rock band that can take three weeks and be like, "Yo, we're gonna run this down," you know, for four to five hours, you know, Monday through Thursday, and then we're gonna take the weekend out. Next week, do the same thing. It's like we're jazz musicians, man, and it's like we come together and pretty much you might you get to music maybe a week before, maybe two weeks before, but are you gonna really check it out? No, because man, you you already got. A, another full Dropbox of music that you gotta check out for gigs that are coming up in that minute like it, it's just like it's impossible mm, and yeah. so maybe three, two, you know two to three days before mm. you might get a chance to look at it, you know, listen to the audio files and get it in your ethos, get it in your you know, in your muscle memory mm. and and I, I feel like Ron Carter said it the best, he was like look man, I don't Practice um, to be. uh, Oh man, I wish I could. He 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 said he had a good. I mean, I mean, you can look it up. He had a great way of presenting it. He was like, "Look, man, I don't practice," and I'm probably messing this up. To uh, ah. Okay, I, I feel like I'm a butcher.
0: But is it something like what he was saying that he, he practiced more technical things now because there's all this music in his mind that he's trying to play already? Is that you you're saying? He's, he's, Ex- that's exactly, already there. Man. He has all the music. He don't even practice that. It's about trying to, 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 to get the tech, lot, be able to try right, that to come out. You know what I mean? If he can't technically exactly. play it, it's not going exactly. to come out, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. to be
1: Practice to be able to be more communicative. Mm-hmm. Right. With the with the people that he's playing with on the bandstand, yeah. there you go. and that's probably the most powerful thing mm. that I feel like anybody on any instrument can can hear. It's like, yo, yeah. you know, if you're practicing to prove to people that you're great at what you do, man, that's like one day, right? Mm. That's it. <laughs> and that when that day is over, it's gone. Mm. Mm. But, dude. If you can practice to be more in communion with everyone, because the thing about the bandstand is that you're not just communicating. See, this is also something Ruben is really great at. You're not just communicating with the cats you're playing with. You're also communicating with the audience. Man, so many people forget about that. They lose touch with everything. And they're just like, oh, my God. Like I, and I was gonna bring up when you was talking about before, uh, Betty Carter. She, man, I remember the first time Betty Carter told me she was like, "Yo, yeah. uh, so do you want the snare drum to sound like an air conditioner?" <laughs> and um, and it was playing a ballad, and I was like, I didn't even dawn on me, and she was just like, "Yo, you got really, you just got to think about things, you know." Like, you just, you have to, honestly, what she was really trying to say, and, you know, that's my second mom, so I love her, you have to be in the moment. And I feel like the most successful people, and the most, and I feel like the people that we all endear or love the most, have an ability to be in the moment. And I feel like that's something, it's hard to teach in school, because you're trying to teach them a curriculum and a curriculum is not something that's necessarily in the moment. It's just, it's stock. It's like, all right, you know what? Yeah, check this out. Here's a book. Boom, read it. You know, let me know what you get from it. And they come back. It's like, I read the book. I'm cool. Kill it. Yeah. yeah. And you're like.
0: Yeah, I mean, big. I think the biggest thing. Is, yeah, what you're saying, is 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 real. I mean, it's hard. You know, even though academia is like. Ruling our lives, it seems like you know. I mean, not our lives per se, but right. it, it's 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 definitely forefront. I feel even more than 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 music than than live gigs yeah. these days. Um, yeah. it, it's like it, the part of uh, things having to kind of be spoon fed in a certain kind of ways is it can be exhausting at times. And hopefully, what you know, a lot of our listeners are hearing that you know. <laughs> Spoon being spoon fed is not the quite the way. It's it's going on a journey, figuring out a, like actually mostly things on your own, it's taking the bits and pieces you can from your tutelage to to the guide you on your journey. You know what I mean? I think that's the, the hopefully yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. the nugget that people can take from from everything we're seeing right now. You know, but uh, yeah. Anyway, absolutely. Yeah, you got it, Bob. Yeah, I hear
2: I, I hear that for sure. You're you're, you're talking about foraging. <laughs> instead of getting spoon-fed you're talking about going out and finding what you need ah. aware and looking for looking for stuff right mm-hmm. versus the spoon feeding I hear right that. that's that's um, and you got to live life and you got to be open to life mm-hmm. for that to happen is what I'm hearing mm-hmm. right now that's that's beautiful mm-hmm. I, I, I if I could switch direction just a little bit yeah go ahead. Um I, I grew up a big fan of I started off as a drummer um, and then I gravitated to bass. And uh, one of the first people I saw live play bass was Les Claypool with the band Primus, and uh, I know this is a this is a this is a one eighty. But uh, I know that you ha- you guys have, have done some work together, and I just wanted to uh, see if there's any any how, how did that how did that connection come up? What was what was that like? Like, did, uh, did, did Les Claypool contact you to play? Like, what what what's up with playing with Les Claypool?
1: Man, me and Les been cool for, like, years, man. Um, really? Um, we met through a mutual friend, this guy named uh, Robert Maynor, Maylor Anderson. Uh, he was pretty much an author in in, in the San Francisco uh, highlight scene. Uh, he's also a, a film director, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I feel like him and Les Claypool met through, like, the upper ether of... of I don't know, a uh, San Franciscan, you know, high profile society. I hate to call it high profile society because mm-hmm. they're pretty much not like that. Like they're very into the blues of the world and mm-hmm. what makes the world tick and how to, in a way, make the world a better place. Yeah. But somehow they met where they met. And um, so through being at the SF Jazz uh, and meeting Robert Mailer Anderson, I got a chance to meet Robert Claypool, and and also like Charlie Musselwhite. So it's it's funny. I you know, I wish I was arrogant enough to say that if you have realness in your heart, you will meet other real people.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: But I'm not that arrogant yet. I feel like I'll get there at some point, but I'm working on it because, you know, I got kids and a family and I just want them to be cool, you know, but somewhere, uh, me and Les just clicked mm-hmm. and I, to this day, I don't know why. And then what ended up happening was, uh, we always talked about, you know what, um, oh, and, you know, anytime we get a chance to play, we should just play. And it, it just turned out that, uh, uh, I'm not wearing the hat right now, I was wearing it earlier. oh that's crazy, I was, it's the Colossal uh, Comedy Central Colossal Comedy Fest, um, and uh, Les, you know, got asked to play, and he, he was like, oh man, this is a grand opportunity, because, you know, I've never played in Primus' band, and so he took this opportunity to make it like a Primus, you know, jazz experience, mm-hmm. right? And um, wow. it was <clears throat> it was really interesting because he was really open. Mm-hmm. Like we went to like SIR and in, in, in San Francisco, and we just played. And all he gave me, he was like, "Look, man, I'm just going to have these signals, and then when I give you these signals, you know, just know to go. It's like we we're either going to go to the next tune." Or we're going to go to this next vibe. You know, it, it was just, it was hmm. super simple. But it was also, like me and Ruben talked about, it's, I, I learned all of his music. I was like, bro, whatever you want to play is cool. Hmm. I have it somewhere in my, in you know, in my database. Hmm. Um, and so we just started jamming out. And I feel like he felt, okay, this is another one for musicians out there. Like, learn people's music. Because it allows them the space to be able to perform to their maximum because if you don't know the music then you give them a, a limited cachet and and in, in what songs that they can call on mm-hmm. and i know it, it it feels like a lot of work but what else do you have to do
0: <laughs> right. you
1: ain't got nothing else to do man right, 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 right. you know stop playing video games and like <laughs> learn some tunes once you learn the tune then go back to playing the videos like it's cool like just <laughs> just check music out that's your vocabulary. Like, you're not going to get vocabulary out of the world. Like, it's just not going to... Oh, my God. Vocabulary.
0: <laughs> oh, there
1: it is. Vocabulary. There that's it is. Funny. It's just it's just going to come to me. I mean, that's, no, it's <clears> not.
0: that's great advice. I it's wish you work. told me that like 20 years ago. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I got by, but uh, I, yeah. I, I would never... I, I do some... I, I would never really learn people's tunes like that. I would learn some, but not like... And got like really embrace it like I, I'm the, I i learned that the hard way trust me there's been a couple gigs that i know i didn't get because they were like this movie don't even know my music all right <laughs> i'll take him off the list <laughs> i was like oh i didn't realize until I, later i was like oh he didn't call me because i didn't know none of his music <laughs> but you know but that's that's real that's real that's very very, yeah, very real but anyway we we, we getting we getting long on here I said I was gonna you know cut it you know at a certain time and so I yeah. got one more I got one more it, for it's you, all brother. good I got one more for you brother I got one more for you what is one okay. thing okay. what is one thing that our listeners would be surprised to know about you
1: oh that I'm black <laughs>
0: no, I'm just black right oh We're no, no, nah,
1: nah, I just been just joking. Uh man. You know what? that um, you like fishing? There's a fishing uh, okay. pole behind you. <laughs> I mean, pole. that would that would be one, but I would say that <laughs> I, you know, uh that I honestly love yacht rock.
0: Like what? Yacht rock.
1: Yacht rock, man. Yeah, nice. yacht rock, man. Like Silly Dan, uh yes. I mean, man, Doobie Brothers. Yeah, you yeah, you oh, Doobie Brothers, come on. Goes down, okay. Michael McDonald, <laughs> man. Um, but that doesn't surprise. I, I that doesn't surprise
0: the, me. That might surprise maybe Bob yeah. Ma or somebody else out there. But yeah, that, that does doesn't me. surprise
1: you, because <laughs> because they're they're not complex arrangements. You know what I mean? Like, so I, you know, well, it's just it was yeah. something that. Okay, yeah, no, no, it doesn't surprise you because you know me. Like, no, well, go ahead, girls, go, like, go
0: oh, ahead, finish right. finish your what were you, your your thought?
1: No, I because I, I, I feel like. I've been pegged as like oh you know Eric's gonna play these odd meters, or Eric is a mm. you know he, he's you know he's a jazz drummer like right, you right, know he embodies jazz and, and and I'll be honest I didn't even know I was a jazz drummer right. I thought I was a fusion drummer like I Pre- I grew up loving man Dennis Chambers Vinnie Calahoo mm-hmm. I mean man I bruh Billy Cobham man I, this is where I was going
0: Right.
1: Uh, and um yeah. I mean even Steve Gadd, like that mm-hmm. those were cats and yeah. I mean don't get me wrong. I fell in love with Elvin because my favorite album was John Coltrane, Love Supreme. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I I man, I didn't even think that I was even on the level to be able to play that type of music. And I just enjoyed it, and I embraced it. And i it was something that was a spiritual experience for myself. Mm-hmm. And it was something that healed me growing up, you know, being an overweight kid and being chastised by friends and stuff like that. It was the one album that that made me feel better about myself. And right. I, I, I saw that as like, wow, this is, that's special. Because, you know, I definitely didn't get that from other albums I was listening to. Right, Like, this was something that, Pretty much, the record itself gave me a hug and was like, "You're okay. You're gonna be all right." Wow. And I was like, "Wow!" But that's right, so cool.
0: interesting to hear you say that. You know, like that. I mean, maybe I knew this in a certain kind of way because obviously, we, me, me and you, <laughs> we've we've gradu, we've gravitated towards a lot of the same music because we both grew up in the in the church. You know, same thing. I love right, Stevie right, right. Dan. I mean, I, I love fusion. I think me too. I didn't realize that jazz was gonna be my life. Hell no! You know, I'm an island boy, Bruh. right? You know. <laughs> still at Dude. heart you know what i mean but somehow Bruh. you know this path found me I, I i and i i was like it blessed me and i was Come like on, man. i was like you know what i'm gonna follow this you hey. know so that's also yep. that makes sense why we've been on this journey together because it was like oh 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 oh, oh this oh this oh, is this, this, this what we're doing oh okay here, here, here we go let's do it you know and
1: Bruh, i was just listening to that album unfolding with me you and goldberg uh actually last night and I I remember who was it? Um, um, I mean, it was some some drummer like asked me. He was just like, man, mm-hmm. I I don't think your floor tom is jazz floor tom tuning. <laughs> and I was like, it's not, bro, because <laughs> I'm not a jazz drummer. Like, I'm sitting here still fantasizing like, ooh, what would Dennis do on this, <laughs> You know. You know, oh. but it's like, oh, gotta pay homage though, you know. Woo, <laughs> Okay, all right, the cats, you know, that's hilarious. And, man, dude. Like, man, cats don't get it. Oh, like, my goodness, mm.
0: that's so funny, man. But it was, it was as of that you know, for those unfolding, I mean, I think that was what early 2000s, mid, mid, well, I mean, like mid 90s, 2001, I think, mid 90s. Yeah, that
1: we, we, no, we recorded it in the in 99, and I think it came out in. And actually in the year two thousand.
0: Wow. Okay. Well it, yeah. It, yeah. Well we were unfolding I, I mean maybe that's what the title is we were trying to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> you know, those first those years, oh. you know. So you know but y'all Aaron man, was definitely unfolding. We were like <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. <clears throat> yo, bro, thank you for taking this time to be with us. You you, you put a oh, you put a smile on my face. It's, it's it's so. I, mean, I, I love you with all my heart. I'm glad that you're able to to spend this time on on upright citizens, Bob. Thank you for putting up with us being all long to talking and and just getting into things here, you know. <laughs> but and, hey, it's,
1: and it's good it's good family, uh, baby.
0: You up and and thank you to our listeners for coming on this journey with us on this space centric journey. And hey, we look forward to doing this again and again and again and again in the near future, all right? Y'all take care now. All right, brothers. All right, Eric, Bob, peace out. Yes, thank you so much, Eric. Beautiful. Much love, much love, much love.